Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and welcome back to Student of the Word. We began yesterday with things to think on, and we're going to talk about from Philippians the things we are to think on. Honesty, things that are just, things that are pure. You keep your mind on that, and the world will even come to you saying, what is it that's different about you? Your actions become your witness. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandy has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here. I began a thought yesterday from the scriptures and I'm going to continue it today on learning to think on these things because the real growth in the Christian life does not come uh, directly from your spirit. The information comes directly from your spirit. You have to make a decision to do this. In other words, the place that maturity takes place in the Christian life is in your thought life. This is really all that revolves around Romans chapter 12 and that is walking in the wisdom of God, in the thoughts of God, learning to control your mind, and throughout the Word of God. He tells us to think like He thinks, and again, thinking on things that are worthy is what we went to. Philippians chapter 4, and we took a look at verse 8. And actually, what I brought up too was the reason why the, the, even the source of this is the fact there's so much around us going on that points to the end times, and the things of the world are going to get worse before Jesus comes back. And Jesus told us not to become discouraged in the Word of God. Matthew chapter 24. And in Matthew 24, he said, when you see all these things come to pass, he said, don't become discouraged. How do you not become discouraged? Discouragement is a decision. And it happens up here in your thoughts. Your first thing is you see something and you imagine the end of it and your destruction. You need to look at it instead of looking at that. Meditate on the promises of God. Understand what God has to say about this situation. And then in Romans chapter 12, where he talked about the renewing of your mind, you can then go back to chapter 8 and do what it says at the end of chapter 8. And that is, he tells us, in the face of all these things going on, he said, speak to these situations. And he said, speak to them and say, if God is for me, you cannot be against me. And the things we're speaking about in that chapter have to do with financial mess and the and people coming against us and, and gossip and all the maligning and all the world falling apart and wars and pestilence and and famine, all the things that are mentioned in that chapter simply comes back to it, that we're going to see these things in different stages of our life and have been since the time the book of Romans was written. But we're coming into a time we're going to see it become worse and worse before Jesus comes for his church. We're going to see things happen and get worse, but we still haven't entered the end times until the church is taken out. We're even told in in, uh, Thessalonians that the church being taken out is what causes Antichrist to even show himself. He cannot even show himself as long as we're here, as long as there's one Christian. God has to lift them all up to give a split second for him to show himself. And then immediately after that, people start getting saved again. And the greatest revival the world has ever seen will break out at that time. In other words, what I'm saying is that's why I'm offering the book on end times. This will help control your thinking in line with the Word of God on end times than the day we are living in. Philippians chapter 4 is the verse that we went to, and I took it up. And in Philippians 4, 8, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think 
on these things. And it doesn't mean to think occasionally. It means to let your mind be captivated with true things, honorable things, just, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. These things are the things we should be thinking on. And if you're thinking on God's word, you can stare any situation in the face and say, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. So we took up a few of the words that were there in the beginning of it. We took up the word true. We took up the word honest. We took up the word just. We took up the word pure. And today, we're going to be getting into the word lovely. The Greek word for lovely is prosphilos. It's the word about love. It's the attractiveness of God, the admirability of God, the friendliness, the likability of God coming through us. Because the main thing I don't want people to see is that Bob is admirable. Bob is friendly. I mean, that sounds okay. And you say, well, why not? Because I'd rather them know that I'm reflecting the God on the inside of me. Without him, I probably wouldn't be very friendly. Without him, I wouldn't be very likable. All these things are simply God's attributes coming through me so that the person can not only hear me say it, but they can see it in front of themselves. This is the how controlling our thoughts and keeping it on the loveliness of God and the loveliness of uh, the Word of God and the truth of the Word of God, it brings out the fact that I can stare any situation in the face and know it's going to turn out all right, and the world can see that in me. They may not like it in the beginning, but after a while, when they see you can't be shaken, you can't be torn apart, that if it gets worse the next day, you're not worse. No, no, you're just as good and stable as you were the day before, and that's where they begin to come to you, and not only will they listen to what you have to say, they're watching how you act in life, and then they'll listen to what you say because your actions line up with who you are. It's the opposite of anything that takes you away from love. It's a kindness. It is a friendly love. Our thoughts should not only be the thoughts of love toward God and love toward men, but also friendly thoughts and actions toward anyone else, seeing the best in people and wanting the best for them. This is the opposite of being ugly and having ugly thoughts toward people as the world does around us. It is a word that, again, as I have said before, this is a word where it tells us to act like God. Be uh, no, imitators of God is what the Word of God says. Commendable is the next thing. And the word commendable is the word euphnos. The Greek word means good words, commendable, to say something good about someone. What you think about others will eventually come out in words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What am I saying? If your heart is filled with good thoughts toward people, in other words, you see a person acting like they should, instead of getting angry about you, begin to think, you know what? They need Jesus. Or if they also, if they had Jesus, they need to get out of the flesh and get back into the spirit and start acting like him. There was a time when I had my first job and I was working a grocery store and I'd been there for quite a few months. And one day this lady came through the line and she, I didn't, I couldn't do anything right. I mean, I was a sacker in those days, which means you put it in the sack instead. And now the customer puts it in the sack. But anyway, I was putting it in there. She says, no, no, that goes there. And she said, that goes there. And she got so angry at me. And anyway, I took it out to her car and she said, this goes here, this goes here, this goes in the floor, this goes in, that one goes in the trunk. And she didn't want anything touching anything else in the car. And I must've been out there for 10 minutes just trying to arrange it like she thought. And I thought, well, maybe I'll get a good tip out of it. She didn't even give me a tip. I mean, I went back in and I was so angry. I was slamming the carts around, went down to where the, the checkout stand where I was. And the girl just looked at me shocked. She says, I've never seen you act like this before. And I never thought about, it. you know why? Because I didn't try to. That was just my normal actions. I was raised in church, taught the Word of God. I thought the Word of God. In fact, I knew back then something in my life was leading toward a call for God. I just didn't know what it was. I desired to go to church. I desired to be with the youth department. 
All these things were part of my life. I know I'm probably thinking, I mean, I sound like some foreigner to some of you people who never were raised in church, but I'm simply saying you can make up for lost time because thinking on these things is what straightens your life out. And I always straightens your life out. People around you will take notice of how different you are. And she said, I've never seen you act like this. And it suddenly struck me. This isn't how I should be acting. I let my temper get away from me and I apologized to her. And from that time on, I thought even harder about it. Keep thinking on the things of God and don't let people distract you. Don't become discouraged. Don't become upset. When you think about others, eventually it's going to come out in words. And what you think about others is going to come out in words because out of the abundance of the heart, again, the Bible says the mouth speaks. The heart over is overwhelmed by the word of God. And if it is, the power of the Holy Spirit can then be to come through you. Good things will begin to happen around you. Situations will begin to change because you control your situations. They don't control you. Seeing the best in others is a quality of God who sent his son to die for those who were lost and dead in trespasses and sin. This is all spurred on by the Holy Spirit given to us at the new birth to shed God's love abroad uh, out of our hearts and toward other people. This is truly seeing others as God sees them. The next word and the final word is the word excellence. And this word for excellence means virtue. The Greek word means excellence. The word is found five times in the New Testament of qualities possessed by those who are born again. The quality is already in you, but it's not going to come out unless you think on it, meditate on it, and allow it to control you. Because why? I mean, excellence is not some blob that comes out of you and people say that's excellent. No, it's a virtue inside of me. It is a condition inside of me. It is a thought process inside of me. And by thinking on it, it begins to control my actions. In other words, excellence and virtue is something that can be seen by a person's actions, by their personality, how they evaluate a situation and what their advice is to others in the midst of the same situation. So again, the Greek word means excellence. Again, it's found five times. It's something possessed by the born-again Christian. In other words, it is an excellence the world cannot possess because it is supernatural and comes only through the power of the Holy Spirit, which is given to us at the new birth. In essence, it comes back to it. You become what you think. I know we hear it all the time. You are what you think. And yes, it is scripture that that is there, but it simply means it's not something that happens overnight. You become what you think. I mean, you begin to notice a transition as you think on these things, then all of a sudden you begin to act different. After a while you notice it. And then after a while, other people notice it. They say, you don't lose your temper like you used to. You're not angry like you used to be. There's something different about you. And that's when you can begin to let them know what you are seeing is something that happened on the inside of me. I got changed on the inside and the change that I received, anybody can receive. God wants to be in control of your life, not only just to take you to heaven, to take you out of here when the rapture of the church comes, to know you have a home in heaven. It also means that God has a home inside of me. The Holy Spirit has a home inside of me. And again, you become what you think. Psalm 139 and verse two says this, you know when I sit down and you know when I rise up, you discern my thoughts. And the Greek and the Hebrew word, here's the word raya, and it means ideas. You discern my ideas from afar. So we're supposed to choose the thoughts and ideas which dwell in our mind, and God sees them even from his throne in heaven. First Peter 1.13 says we are to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober. We're to take those thoughts and grab control of them, and this is what it means to gird up the loins of your mind. 
God wants us again to possess thoughts and ideas, but then God wants them to come from his throne. How do we get it from his throne? Through his word. His word lives and abides forever. It's from the throne of God he spoke and made the universes out there and also spoke in this word that we carry with us came into being through the prophets of the Old Testament and through the epistles and writings and the apostles of the New Testament. It simply comes back to this. God wants to control our life so that others can see us. This is why he left us here. I mean, if God didn't want us to walk around and be a witness as well as giving our witness, being a witness means we have to be here. And this is why God left us here. Listen, a lifestyle of honesty, integrity that we've been talking about now from yesterday's broadcast into today's broadcast simply comes down to this. God left us here because he wants us to witness to others with our words, but even more than that, he wants to witness to them through our actions. My actions indicate by word and by deed, this is how we do it. Our actions can also be by laying hands on the sick, seeing them recover. And that's when we stop to call attention on God and call attention to his power. But God also wants us to show him in everything we do where we're not thinking about it. Without trying to make ourselves live for God, we just automatically live for God. That's the power of the indwelling and controlling Holy Spirit. See you right after the break. Understanding the end times, one of the most incredible and fascinating doctrines in the Word of God, will bring us comfort for the days in which we live. The Bible says we are to encourage and exhort one another with the knowledge of Jesus returning for His saints. In Understanding the End Times, Pastor Bob Yandian provides a thorough and exciting study to give you more revelation of these times in which we live. Topics include the seven dispensations, the dispensation of the mystery, the rapture of the church, the judgment seat of Christ, Daniel's 70 weeks, the temple discourse, the tribulation, the second coming, the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. To order Understanding the End Times, visit bobyandian.com. Hi, Pastor Bob here. It's time for my annual minister's conference. It's going to be March the 7th through the 9th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll be speaking. Joseph Z will be joining me as well as Orlando Juarez teaching on praise and worship. I look forward to it. Every year has been a life-changing event for me and for the ministers who attend. And I believe in, in the year 2024, we're going to see a special move of God like never before. So I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible that are involved in any section of ministry at all. Thanks. Have a great day. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on partnership. I stepped down a number of years ago from pastoring, but I pastored for 33 years. Before that, I taught at a Bible school for four years. And before that time, like I said, in the beginning of this broadcast, I was raised in church. I was saved at five years old, filled with the Holy Spirit at seven. I mean, when, pe when you know, young people talk about the things they did as they were growing up, I, didn't, I just didn't do those things. I didn't have a desire to do those things. I was shy, and in high school, you know, I was just kind of just there, I just appeared. And when I finally went off to college is where I began to learn, you know, 
know, that, that really that my lifestyle spoke to people. When we lived in the same dorm all the time, I didn't go home and we were around a bunch of students, they began to comment that I was just different. They said, you know, you don't seem to get upset at things and all these types of things. And I began to share with them why. And a lot of them st came to me and said, you know what, I've, I've been saved for a number of years, but I've never lived for the Lord. And you really make me want to live for the Lord. What happened was, is again, what was in me began to come out and begin to affect others. Without just coming right out and talking about Jesus, they could see him in my lifestyle. This is what's so important. This is what happens to a person whose mind is set on the Lord. The mind is set on the Lord. It says he, that the mind being set on the Lord is because we trust in him. And whatever we trust in, we talk about a lot. You know, uh, the reason why, again, Jesus left us here in this earth was to witness to other people. But we don't just witness with the words of our mouth. We somehow think that witnessing is talking to people about Jesus. But listen, witnessing is also living for Jesus without us even thinking about it. I mentioned how the people have come to me and one, one of them that I worked with and just simply said, I've never seen you mad. Here you are mad for the, that I've seen you in the number of months you've been working here. That really got to me. It really, it really shook me for a moment and I realized something. I didn't have control over myself at that time. In other words, what you think on comes out. What you think on comes through your words and begins to come through your actions and your deeds. This is what Peter was talking about in the verses of scripture where he told us to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober. Think like God thinks. It's like the world around us today is drunk. The world around us today is in a stupor and they can't see straight. They can't think straight. And the things they think on, they think is normal. And they think we're the weird ones. But more and more, the standing on God's word will eventually come around. That when it's all said and done and stands for eternity, God was right. The world was wrong. God was right. Satan was wrong. I'm so glad I chose to stand on God's side. And today, the day we're living in is more increasingly difficult as far as the world is concerned to stand up and speak for what is correct, what is righteous, what is reverent and what is holy and what is true and what will last for eternity. There's going to come a day when people will have to say you were right. And that will be again when they stand before God, if they've rejected him as Savior, they'll stand before him at the great white throne judgment. But the point of it is, I have all the rest of my lifetime here to live for him. And then when I pastored for 33 years, during that time, many people came to me and asked me questions. And it came back to this, uh, by my mind being controlled by the word of God. I think God wants our mind controlled by the word of God so we can at least look at the world and they can understand us. If we didn't have a mind that was focused on the word of God and we were like an angel standing here, they wouldn't know what to do. But God has still left that natural mind in us for us to tame, for us to bring it down and funnel his word through and funnel his lifestyle through to where when the world sees us, they go, wow, and they understand something. That was just a choice on his part. But there's power behind my choice. And the power behind my choice is my born again experience. So again, 1 Peter 1.13 says, we're to gird up the loins of our mind and be sober. Girding up the loins of your mind means take control over your thoughts. Think like God thinks. And as you wake up in the morning, say today's another day to think like God thinks. It's also another day for me to grow in the mind of Christ, understand more by the end of the day than I did in the beginning of the day. And by the time I go to bed tonight, I'm going to be a little more advanced, a little more mature in the things of God than I was this morning when I woke up. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 11 through 17 says this, that we, the loins of our mind are girded up by truth, 
or by God's Word. 1 Peter 1, 13, gird up the loins of your mind. How do you do that? Ephesians 6, 11 through 17, we're to do it by thinking on God's Word, His promises. That's why word study is so important. That's why prayer over the Word is so important. That's also by studying the Word of God and then praying, especially in the Holy Spirit. Again, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28. Then with stammering limbs and another tongue will He speak to this people. It's a great way of understanding the revelation of God's Word because it was written by the Holy Spirit, not just through the hand of men. The Holy Spirit guided these people. They were swept along by the Holy Spirit and they wrote it in His power. Therefore, being filled with the Spirit and praying and speaking in tongues brings revelation out from a verse of Scripture. And that's why it's so important to meditate on the promises of God and then also pray praying in the Spirit, praying with the understanding, and then eventually there's going to come that time. You may not even be thinking about the time, suddenly that verse is going to come to mind and boom, you're going to say, I never saw that. Look how that fits in with this verse and that fits in with this verse. Look what precedes that verse and suddenly you'll see something you've never seen before. It may mean something to those around you. It may not, but it meant something to you and it helped you conquer and bring down a stronghold in your life because of the Word of God. That's the power of every scripture and every part of every scripture because it can be so subdivided. So again, Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 through 17 says that we're to gird up the loins of our mind. This is something we do. Bring those reins in on that wild horse of our mind that can carry us off in any direction. And then we gird it up with truth. We gird it up with God's Word. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 says, speaks to us of casting down imaginations and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And so our goal is from Philippians 4, 7, that is the peace of God who will guard our hearts. And the word guard means to guard as a sentry to guard our hearts and minds. What are we talking about? The Word of God tells us to cast down imaginations. What's imagination? Seeing something and then imagining the worst. To hear them talk about there's going to come famine, there's going to come, and oh, there's great uh, earthquakes and all these other things that are coming, and then governments falling down and governments being self-centered and not caring for people. I mean, we can go down the list of everything happening today. You know what this word says? It says, cast down that imagination. I mean, just throw it down. All right. Others may be having it, and that may be what's controlling the world is the imaginations that's being presented to them by the word that the world is presenting, that governments are presenting, and the, and the news media around is presenting all the information coming into our head. Change the source of information. Turn it to the Word of God. And then once that happens, you'll hear reports from the world, but you can cast down that imagination because I don't see myself as starving. I don't see myself as going through what the world says we're going to go through. In the midst of it all, God has not lost the recipe for manna. I will still have food. God can still provide. My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And it doesn't say only in certain situations. So again, we cast down those imaginations and bring every thought into captivity. Why? Because our thoughts suddenly run wild. It's like a herd of, you know, cats running everywhere. You've got to bring them in and full and bring them back into captivity to where you capture your thoughts. Your thoughts don't capture you. Your imaginations you capture and line it up with the Word of God. You simply say, imagination, 
You that saw me failing, you that saw me falling, you that saw me being destroyed, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I now captivate you. And I look to the Word of God, and God simply told me He would be with me in everything. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but my God is going to deliver me out of them all. Bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. And again, the goal that this comes from is Philippians 4, 7, that the peace of God will guard as a sentry your hearts and your minds through the Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 23 says this, that we are to be renewed or made youthful, to think young in the spirit or the attitude of our mind. What's he simply saying here? Even though you may be old, you don't have to think old. If all Christians thought on the level of the Word of God, they would think like mature individuals. They wouldn't see themselves as too young or too old. That's why the Bible says to uh, Timothy, it says, let no man despise your youth. In other words, people may look at you and say, oh, you're young. You don't understand these things. If you've been thinking on the Word of God from the time you were born again at a young age, as Timothy was, then you can be way advanced in your years over anybody else in that same age zone. I'm simply saying to you that we are to be renewed or made youthful or think young in the attitude of our mind. And we have a choice in this. Everything I'm talking about today is not something you pray, oh God, make me mature. You make yourself mature. He's laid out all the food you need. He's laid out all the promises you need. And we are told we are to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. There's so many prayers today that people are praying over the sovereignty of God. Oh, God, make me this and God, make me that. When he says, listen, I've made you who you are now. I've given you all the equipment to where you can handle it yourself. Grow up, become mature, choose to captivate your thoughts. I can't make you do it. I'm not going to make you do it. I've given it to you. Make the choice. That's why it says again in Ephesians 4, 23, we've been quoting it. We are to be renewed, think young, made youthful in the attitude of our mind. So we are to do the choosing so we can take on new and fresh and young ideas, yet remaining mature is a choice and an act of our own will. A couple of my church went back to their home and they went back for their high school reunion. They graduated the same year. They were in the same class. They graduated and then they moved away from this small town they were in in northern Nebraska. And so they came and they moved to Tulsa. He went into a business there. They came to our church. They got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, began to grow in things. God, they were in our church for a number of years and they went back to a high school reunion. I don't remember what year it was, how many years that they graduated from. But when they got there, they said they noticed something. All the people looked extremely old. And they, they, that, those people looked at them and said, you guys look really young. You know, the way you dress, the way you act, the way you talk, what is it? They, they said, honestly, we don't know. They said, as they drove away from there and they were coming back to Tulsa, they said, here's what they thought. They said, you know what? They've hung around each other that whole time. All their thoughts are exactly the same. They haven't matured, haven't grown up much, but we're in a church. We don't even know how old or how young the people are we hang around with in church. We don't even know because we talk about the things of God. And therefore a 22 year old can talk to a 50 year old and talk about the things of God and not be so taken by the outward appearance of a person. So when they got back, they began to ask their friends that they hung around with, how old are you? And they said they were shocked to find out how young many of them were, but also to find out how many of them were older than they were. They never thought about age. What they looked at was the person on the inside. What are you portraying? 
to Christians around you? What are you portraying to the world? And what you should be portraying to them is the fact that I am born again and I'm eternally young on the inside. I don't age on the inside. I am like Jesus Christ. I have his thoughts. I have his mind. I have his revelation. And I don't care if you're 50 years old, 60 years old, you can still receive Jesus and God can renew your mind through the word of God. Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted beside the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season, whose leaves shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Here is someone who is possessed by the thoughts of the word of God. He meditates in it day and night. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.